This week, I asked parents a question on the Edgewood Facebook page. Here's the question. What's the number one thing you want from your children? And I was struck by the depth of the answers and the longing in the hearts of parents for their children to love and serve the Lord. Here are some of the posts, to know God and make him known. To have the ability to see God's presence in all circumstances. One parent said, respect and obedience to God. Another one said, I want them to love God deeply in their heart, leading to serving and glorifying him with their lives. This parent said, to be sold out to Jesus. How about this one? For them to taste and see that the Lord is good, thus causing them to love the Lord with all that they are. Another parent said, love and respect. One more, to love and obey Jesus for themselves. Now, after all these thoughtful responses, one person answered the question, what's the number one thing you want from your children? This way. To be quiet. (laughs) Now, I thought about protecting his identity, but since he posted it publicly, I won't. So that was Micah Kershak offering his parental priorities. One person responded to Micah this way. He didn't ask what wives want from their husbands. Another one quickly commented, Micah, you know pastor's going to use that, to which I replied, count on it. Well, I contacted Micah, and I asked if I could share his insight, and Micah redeemed himself when he responded this way. Being quiet isn't obviously the number one thing, but I think it's something as you get older, you see the value in being quiet. Be quiet when God is telling you something. Be quiet when someone with more experience is talking. Right on. Now, behind Each of these posts is a longing from parents for their children to honor them and to honor God. That leads us to the fifth commandment recorded in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, because here we discover the number one thing God wants from his children. Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7 tells us that these commands are to be inscribed on our hearts in order that parents and grandparents, we impress them upon our children. And as a way to get these commandments into our heads, into our hearts, and out through our hands, we're encouraging everyone to take a bookmark. If you don't have one yet, there's some in front of you in the seat racks there. And we're encouraging you to take one or two and work at memorizing these summary phrases so that by the end of the series, we'll be able to say we know the Ten Commandments. Something pretty special happened In the service last night, I've been asking people to stand and quote the Ten Commandments if 
you're able to do so. And yesterday morning, late morning, a group of us, maybe, I don't know, there might have been 30 or 40 people total, met at Robin Jensen's apartment. Uh, Robin was on her way to glory. And so we were there to pray for her. We sang with her. And she graduated to glory at 2 a.m. this morning. Robin was a member here. Many of you, if you don't know her name, she served at the welcome desk out in the lobby. Well, last night, Pam Culler, who's very close to her, asked if she could come up front and quote the Ten Commandments so that Robin could watch on live stream yesterday because Pam was teaching her the Ten Commandments even through these last days when it was hard for her to focus. And I'm not sure I'll ever think of the Ten Commandments the same, knowing that Robin worked hard to get these into her heart. And um, I'm going to ask now, if you're ready to quote the Ten Commandments, if you want to quote them with me, you're welcome to stand, but I don't want you to stand if, if you're not comfortable standing. But let's quote these commandments. One God, no idols, revere his name, remember to rest, honor parents, no murder, no adultery, no stealing, no lying, and no coveting. I mean, I love how hearing how parents are intentionally discipling their children using the Ten Commandments. After the service last Saturday night, nine-year-old Adra May, daughter of Randy and Nicole, granddaughter of Randy and Lisa Mattia, came up and asked me if she could quote the Ten Commandments. I told her I'd love to hear her recite the commandments. She looked up at me with this huge smile and quoted them perfectly. And so I asked her how she learned them so well, and she said that her mom and dad go over them every night with her and her four siblings. I reached out to Nicole this week to get permission to share that. I learned the backstory. So the week we were challenged to memorize the Ten Commandments or these phrases, Adra, nine, was in the car after the Saturday night service and she said to her parents, I'm going to memorize the commandments. That was the prompt for the parents to do that every night with their family. Now listen again to the command Written by the finger of God, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Our main idea is this, honoring your parents is always proper. Let's begin by making some observations, and then we're going to contemplate this precept, the command. We'll consider the promise associated with it, and then we'll end by some ways we can practice the command. First, some observations. This is a hinge commandment. The first four commands deal with our relationship with God, loving God with everything we have. The final six with loving our neighbor, our relationships with others. The fifth commandment establishes that loving our neighbor starts at home. So when we're out of step at home, 
It's easy to be out of whack with God and with others. Philip Ryken writes this, the relationship between parent and child is the first and primary relationship, the beginning of all human society. Observation number two, this is the first commandment dealing with the family. So the fifth commandment focuses on the parent-child relationship, while the seventh commandment calls us to marital fidelity. Family life is the bedrock of a culture. As the family goes, so goes the nation and the church. Number three, this is given to children of all ages. The atmosphere of the home is in large part related to the response of the children, not just to the loving leadership of the parents. Number four, this command is a present imperative, which means we are to be in the habit of honoring continually. Oh, and it's not a suggestion. It's a command. And number five, this command is directed to each of us. Observe, the word your is used four times. The word you is used once. So this precept is relatively simple to understand, and yet it's fierce in its force. Honor your father and mother. This comes from a Hebrew word, often translated as respect, but the word honor literally means a heavy weight. Some time ago, one of our daughters gave me a gift for Father's Day. It was in a picture frame like this, and it's something she had drew, and on it, it said, Dad, you're heavy to me. I first thought she was making a fat joke. But I realized she was actually honoring me. See, to honor is to assign the greatest possible weight to a person in terms of respect by holding them in high regard. We say of someone we really respect, she's worth her weight in gold, or he's a heavyweight. On the other hand, to dishonor means to treat someone as if they were light, insignificant. Let me say it like this. To honor is to treat with distinction. To dishonor is to treat someone like dirt. So the opposite of honor is in vain. It means empty, useless, of no value. To honor our parents is to give them the weight, the, their due weight. We're to honor our parents, listen, because of their position not necessarily because of their performance. Scripture tells us eight times to honor your father and mother. It's repeated so much because, well, it doesn't come naturally to us. The word honor is the same word translated glory in reference to the Lord. To glorify the Lord is to assign to him the highest and heaviest place. Why? Because he deserves it. Interestingly, the only entities we're to honor, according to the first five books of the Bible, are the Lord and our parents. And the Dictionary of Biblical Imagery offers a helpful definition to show honor entails an affective side, a feeling of respect or reverence, and a set of outward manifestations such as gestures, bowing before, or being attentive 
or actions conferring titles or privileges, all these ways of showing honor elevate the person being honored. So the emphasis here is on the attitude, not merely the act. Well, we're to show honor in both our attitudes and our actions. So to honor is to elevate, it's to esteem, and to live that out in experience. Let's consider how this same word is used in two other passages. First, honoring the elderly is linked to honoring the Almighty. Leviticus 19.32, stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man, and you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. I wonder if this verse will be in my Father's Day gift this year. (laughs) Secondly, we prioritize honor according to what we prize highly. Speaking of wisdom, Proverbs 4, 8 says, Prize her highly, and she, wisdom, will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. I came across a simple definition of honor that could be particularly helpful for those of us who are parents or grandparents. How do we teach this? This is from a book with probably one of the best titles I've ever read. It's called Say Goodbye to Whining, Complaining, and Bad Attitudes in You and Your Kids. Here's how they define honor. Treating people as special, doing more than what's expected and having a good attitude about it. Before moving on, let's consider how countercultural this command is. We've done this throughout the series. We look at God's command, take a look at our culture and see is there a connect here or is there a disconnect? I can think of three disconnects. First, you and I are to honor both father and mother. Some today reject the Bible for being patriarchal, but we're called to honor both mom and dad. Number two, no matter how the family may be redefined by culture, the phrase father and mother is not compatible with same-sex parenting. Number three, by definition, A father is a man. A mother is a woman. Even though there's a movement to get rid of the term mother and replace it with birthing parent. Staff at Australian National University have been asked to avoid saying mother and to instead use this phrase, gestational parent. Are you aware what happened in January in the U.S. House of Representatives? There was a proposal to eliminate father, mother, son, daughter, brother, and sister, and all other language deemed insufficiently gender-inclusive from house rules. Fellow Christ followers, lean in. You and I must settle. Is the Bible true or not? Okay, we can say that in here. What are we going to live when we're not in here, or we're not engaging online. Because we need to hold to the clear teaching of the commandments and not cave to our culture today. Now, would you notice in this command, there's a promise connected to it. 
Look at the second half of verse 12. That your days may be what? Long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. The apostle Paul quotes this command in Ephesians 6 too. He says this, this is the first commandment with a promise. Actually, it's the only commandment which spells out the benefits of keeping it. Honor is so honorable that God himself underscored it with a promise. God is a promise-making and promise-keeping God. It's been estimated that there are like 30,000 promises in the Bible, which 2 Peter 1 verse 4 calls his precious and very great promises. So these promises help us see that honoring our parents is always proper. So I wrote down nine positive promises from the Bible associated with this command. Number one, your life will generally be longer. This ultimately refers to the duration of the nation of Israel in the land, but it also has personal application for believers. That's what the Apostle Paul did. He quoted this command, Ephesians 6.3, and he says that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. That phrase, live long in the land, was identified with the fulfillment of God's blessings, not a blanket promise for a long life. Number two, you will experience blessing. Deuteronomy 5.16, honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you that your days may be long, listen, and that it may go well with you. The word well is an adverb meaning fine, well, good, beneficial. Number three, this, if this was the only reason, it's reason enough. It's the right thing to do. It's always right to honor our parents. Ephesians 6.1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. The Puritans taught that a child should be the parent's echo. When the parent speaks, the child should echo back with honorable obedience. Number four, this teaches respect for authority. So when honor is taught in the home, it will spread to other areas of a child's life. Jen Wilkin captures it this way, this life is the lab in which God's children learn to submit to heavenly authority by submitting to earthly authority. Romans 13, 1 and 2, let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there's no authority except from God and those that exist have been instituted by God. Billy Graham often said, a child that is allowed to be disrespectful to his parents will not have respect for anyone else. Number five, God provides protection for those who honor their parents. Proverbs 6, my son, you can just, you can hear the father longing here. Keep your father's commandment. Forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they'll lead you. When you lie down, here it is, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. Number six, you will bring peace and joy to your parents. Proverbs fifteen twenty: a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. Number seven, you'll grow in wisdom and insight. Proverbs four, hear, O sons, a father's instruction and be attentive 
that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. Number eight, God is pleased when you honor your parents. Colossians 3.20, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. And number nine, God will turn your heart back home if you've been drifting. Dads, children, if you've been disconnecting from your parents, there's a promise, last verse of the Old Testament. Malachi 4, verse 6, it says, God will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. So disobedience to parents is a really big deal. It's listed with other heinous sins. Uh, most of us, when we think of Romans chapter 1, we think of one specific sin. But let me read a longer list. I'll back up at verse 28. Since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetous, malice. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips. Okay, here it is, verse 30. Slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. And as we get closer to the return of Christ, we're going to see more of that. 2 Timothy 3, but understand this, in the last days, there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Today, families are under attack. Parental authority is being questioned and disregarded. Years ago, the Duke of Windsor visited America, and he made this observation, quote, the thing that impresses me about America is the way parents obey their children. Hmm. See, the Bible says it's dangerous for children to disobey. Now, they're beautiful blessings for obedience, but there are some negative promises associated with breaking this command. God has a deep revulsion toward anyone who revolts against their parents. Well, let's look at a few. Number one, a shortened life. Cursing a parent was a capital offense punishable by death. Exodus 21, whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. Whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. Proverbs 20, 20, if one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. Secondly, it can lead to an uncomfortable life. Hey, if you're not taking notes, parents, you might want to jot this reference down and use it the next time your teenager rolls their eyes at you. Check out this verse. It's quite graphic. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. <laughs> You're welcome. Number three, <laughs> a cursed life. The word dis means to disrespect. If you dis or honor, dis or dishonor your parents, 
Deuteronomy 27, 16 says, God will bring punishment. Cursed be anyone who dishonors his father or his mother. And finally, in exiled life, are you aware one of the reasons the Jews were sent into Babylonian exile when they were taken thousands of miles from their home, Jerusalem was ransacked, the temple destroyed, and they're now living in a foreign land? One of the reasons for that was a failure to honor parents. Ezekiel 22, father and mother are treated with contempt. I will scatter you among the nations and disperse you through the countries. Honoring your parents is always proper. Many years ago, Beth and I read an article from Focus on the Family, and we still reference it today. Here's the basic idea. Parents, our roles change as our children grow. So when parents are, or when children are very young, we're like their commander, right? Don't go in the street. Go to bed at this time. Wake up at this time. Make your bed. We're giving orders. We're giving direction. We're teaching. We're training. As they get older, we function like a coach, training and helping them think through decisions. And then maybe teenage years, we're doing a lot of counseling. And the roles Beth and I are in now with our four daughters, are we're more like consultants. When we're asked, when we're invited for insight, we, we do what we can to help. If you want to learn more about this, there's a link on our website and the mobile app called The Four Phases of Parenthood. Now, as always, Jesus provides the best example of how to obey this command. Number one, Jesus honored his parents when he was submissive to them. We read this about Jesus. He was a preteen. He was 12 years old, Luke 2.51, and he went down with them, and he came to Nazareth, and he was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. Secondly, Jesus honored his earthly mother by providing care for her. It's incredible that while Jesus is on the cross, he's about to pay the price. He's about to take the punishment for all of our sins upon himself. He looks out and he sees his mother, Mary, and he sees his friend, John. He turns to his mom and he says, John, now is your son. He turns to John and he says, John, this is now your mother. Right from the cross, he kept the fifth commandment by making sure his mom was cared for when he was gone. Number three, Jesus honored his heavenly father by becoming a sacrificial servant. Philippians 2, he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Listen, the fifth commandment applies to everyone, no matter your age or your stage in life. We're called to honor our parents, whether they're alive or they're not, because we can honor their memory. Now, as a way to help us put this commandment into practice, let's consider, let's ponder five questions. Number one, how are you doing at showing honor to other people? 
Romans 12, verse 10 says, we're to outdo one another in showing honor. Romans 13, 7, pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. We don't like that part. Respect to whom respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed. That's why we take time this Memorial Day weekend to honor those who've given their lives for our freedom. Let's get a little more specific now. In what specific ways are you honoring or dishonoring your parents? Have you been treating them as distinguished or like dirt? Do you consider their advice and their role in your life as weighty or worthless? Proverbs 1 verse 8 challenges us to hear and heed what our parents tell us. Hear, my son, your father's instruction. Forsake not your mother's teaching. Proverbs 23, 22. Listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Now, you may be asking a couple questions at this point. If you're not, you will now because I just put it in your mind. Do I still need to obey my parents now that I'm an adult? Or this one. How do I honor my parents even when I disagree with them on some things? Well, here's my short answer. The command to obey your parents ends when you become an adult, but the command to honor your parents never expires. Honoring your parents is always proper. I'm reminded of a quote attributed to Mark Twain. He said this, When I was 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished by how much he'd learned in seven years. (laughs) Man, let's make sure we're not like this household described in Micah chapter 7, verse 6. For the son treats the father with contempt. The daughter rises up against her mother the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own household. Well, here are some practical pointers to help us honor our parents. Number one, take the initiative to improve the relationship in whatever increments you can. Number two, recognize your parents have done some things right and they've done some things wrong. Number three, forgive them even as God in Christ has forgiven you. Number four, thank your parents for the sacrifices they've made for you. And number five, see your parents as Christ sees them. Number six, treat them with kindness. Number seven, support and care for them. Number eight, support, always speak well of them. Number nine, esteem them publicly and privately. And then finally, don't forsake them. Now, I recognize that some of you are dealing with a mom or a dad who's not acted in honorable ways toward you, and perhaps your parent is an alcoholic, or your parent's been absent from your life. Maybe your parent has abandoned you, and for some of you, your parent has abused you. I can't imagine all the pain and how difficult this must be, even in your adult years. You may not be able to respect the person in such cases but you can still, by God's help and his grace, honor their position as parent. I read about a Jewish rabbi who was known for the way he highly honored his mother. When she wanted to get up on the bed, he'd get down on his hands and his knees and allow her to use his back as a footstool 
so she could get up on the bed. One time she was out walking and she broke her sandal. This man got down on his hands and knees and put his hand under her feet as she walked so she wouldn't bruise her feet on the rough stones. Number three, parents, in what ways are you showing honor to your kids? And we're flipping this a bit. We read in Colossians 3.21, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Let's make sure we're being good examples and we're not exasperating our children. In other words, do what you can, parents, to make it easier for your child to honor you. Ray Fowler writes this, You can't change your ancestors, but you can do something about your descendants. One of the saddest things I can think of is when a parent calls their child a brat or just goes off on them or when I hear of a child being abused in some way. Another tragedy is when kids are left to dive into technology without any supervision. One pastor said this, we should treasure our children as we would a precious gift from a wealthy friend because that is what they are. And perhaps the Lord's been prompting you to get more involved in this area. Perhaps you could consider serving with safe families for children. Number four, and and I'm in this category and many of you are, adults, how are you honoring your aging parents today? Are you looking for ways to demonstrate your care and your concern? My four sisters do a much better job at this than I do, but I'm working at it. 1 Timothy 5, verse 8, if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I'm reminded of the Grimm's fairy tale about a family with two children. They had an elderly grandfather living with them. The grandfather could no longer eat neatly at the table, and so at first the parents rebuked him, and then they made him sit in the corner. Eventually, they took away his knife and his fork and his spoon, and they placed food in a trough where he would eat with his fingers. One day, the dad saw his kids playing outside with some wood, some nails, a hammer, and a saw, and he said, what are you building? They replied, we're building a trough for you, dad, when you get old. Are you taking care of your elderly parents? And what are you teaching your children about how to honor the elderly? Number five, in what ways are you showing honor to God? Is God weighty to you? Or do you regard him as worthless? Proverbs 29.2, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. I don't have the best memory, but I still remember a verse that I learned as a freshman at Moody Bible Institute in my Old Testament survey class. I'll never forget it because my prof continually emphasized it. It's 1 Samuel 2, verse 30. Those that honor me, I will honor. And 
they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Friend, you will never honor God or your parents until you first honor the Son by repenting of your sins and receiving salvation. John 5.23, check out four uses of the word honor in this one verse. That all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. In the next verse, Jesus lifts up the importance of not just hearing, but of believing and receiving the free gift he offers to every one of us. Truly, truly, Jesus says, I say to you, whoever hears my word, believes him who sent me, has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but passes from death to life. So are you ready to cross over from death to life? Confess that you're a sinner. Repent of your sins, which means to turn from the way that you've been living. Believe that Jesus died in your place as your substitute, and he rose again on the third day. And then honor him by receiving him as Savior and Lord, as your forgiver and your leader. And once he changes your heart, you'll be able to honor him, and you'll be able to honor others. If you're ready to do some business with God, you could join me and pray this prayer silently. Jesus, thank you for fully keeping the commands because I haven't and I can't and I'm busted by this command. I have not been honoring you, not been honoring others, and I've been dishonoring my parents. And I confess that that's rebellion. I confess I've been living for myself. I confess that I'm a sinner and I'm ready to repent of my sins. I believe you paid the price, Jesus, for all my sins when you died on the cross. You showed your power by rising from the dead on the third day and I now receive you as my Savior, my mediator, my Lord. Come into my life and give me a submissive spirit so that I can obey you honor you, and honor others. Lead me to follow you faithfully as your disciple from now on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.